Hello girls. Welcome to our another episode of Soar Girls podcast. This is a place of conversation featuring stories of girls like you who have been influencing the world with the light of Jesus. Our vision is to raise a generation of girls who soar in Christ. We believe our conversations will lift you, lead you, and launch you into your God destiny. So dive in. Our today's guest is all the way from Australia. She's the founder of Seeking Truth podcast and creates God-centered merchandise for sale. Please welcome Emma Jane Catchpole. She's not just passionate about beautiful art, but about sharing the light of God and message of his love all over the world. In today's episode, Emma shares her journey walking with Christ as the only person saved in her family. We talk about overcoming shyness and hurt in our lives by surrendering to God. And we deep dive into what is our identity as women and our place in the kingdom of God and what has God called us all for. So nice to have you here, Emma. So blessed to know about your life. Just for my friends who are listening to this podcast, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm Emma. Um, I'm from a little seaside place called Newcastle in Australia. Um, and I wasn't raised a Christian, but I've become a Christian in the last um, five years. And it's just completely changed my life, completely changed who I am as a person. Um, and yeah, just been an incredible journey of God of like rediscovering who I am and um, getting rid of all of the old old stuff in your life and becoming this this new person um and yeah just yeah the journey of God leading you to places and do things that you never would have imagined for yourself so it's been been an incredible um time and so I'm so thankful thank you for letting me come on here and and share part of that story with you guys and I hope that it helps encourage some people here today yeah that's what we're expecting from God in this episode a lot of people who are going to be listening to this episode are going to be set free because there's going to be something exciting that we're talking about, right, Emma? Yeah. yeah. I got to know you through your podcast, Seeking Truth. Can, can you share something about it, how you started it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I started the Seeking Truth podcast um, because I just felt like I was I had some things that I just needed to get off my chest almost or just share with people. Um that I that had really helped me like revelations that I had gotten from either reading the Bible or just from you know the the pieces all fitting together and I had these amazing revelations and I just really felt like I, I didn't want to keep them just for me I wanted to share them with others so that others could be equally impacted by them and that's how the Seeking Truth podcast started um, and it's been it's been really great because I've been able to have like people on the podcast that have gone through, you know, life experiences and share that with people and, you know, people who have had similar experiences can benefit from that or people who have certain questions can listen and, and benefit to some of the episodes. So that's kind of how it started. And yeah, I'm really excited. It's still in its early days. You know, it's only, I think, two years old now and it's still, you know, still growing and still um becoming more what it, what God wants it to look like. So yeah, I'm really excited to see its journey and how it continues growing. That's 
Fantastic. Did you ever uh, imagine that God would lead someone in India to listen to your podcast and connect with you? No, never. To be honest, like I only ever expected it to be uh, like family and friends that listen to it. Like I definitely prayed for it to be listened by people all over the world, but I, you know, I never really expected that to happen. So it's been such a blessing. I have, you know, uh, listeners from India, I have listeners from like the Philippines, I have listeners from um, the UK, like all over the world. So it's been incredible um, to know that what you say can, can impact so much more than just your immediate world. Like it can impact people anywhere really at any time so yeah yeah I think that's that's one thing that's different uh, for people who uh, follow Christ is if you surrender to God he'll just take you to no limits yeah Yeah. he'll just use every bit of your what you give to bless as many as possible I just love that about Jesus (laughs) yeah I definitely agree like um if you really surrender your life, like you said, if you really lay it down and just say, okay, God, like whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm just along for the journey. Um, He will open doors that you never would have picked for yourself. You know, like I never thought that I would have a podcast. I never thought that I would write a poetry book, you know? So all of these things, and like, I never thought I would move to Sydney or move to Newcastle. So these things happen only because you actually like surrender what you want and you're willing to say to God, okay, whatever it is that you want, God, I'm along for the journey. Um, And he can do then amazing things with a heart that is fully just obedient to him and willing to do whatever he wants, you know, and not out of trying to prove ourselves to God. We're not here trying to make God proud of us because he already loves us and he's already proud of us. It's, it's more out of, you know, genuine, I trust you. I trust that you know what's best for me. And I trust that you know the best way I can impact the world. And just really lending ourselves to that, it opens doors that you know, yeah, never would have imagined, never would have guessed could happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I, I myself can't imagine that I get an opportunity, this wonderful of opportunities to meet people you know, all over the world and talk to them about their journey in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I, I used to be, I used to feel that I have a very bad uh, voice and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it, it's not pleasant to hear and uh, how God is amazingly uh, healed me from what I used to think and yeah. been using my voice uh, uh, to bless people around and to meet people. So that's, that's something I want to ask you, right? You know what, did you ever go through a struggle of, you know, oh yeah, you know what, I trust God, but uh, I don't think I'm confident. What will people say? Did, did you go oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's when you know that it is God, right? Like I've had things where God has said, go do this. And then you think, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so that's when you know well, if, if that's not something I would choose for myself, then that thought mustn't be for me, you know? So uh, for example, my poetry book, like um, I have a, I have a Christian poetry book and it has some, some poems in there that were never, ever meant to be released to the public. Like they were written in my personal journal and they were meant just for me as a way to process things that I'd been through. And so when God was like, I want you to turn it into a poetry book, my initial reaction was, no, thank you. I don't want to because that, that's really private. I don't want to share those things. And so that's how I knew it was from God because if if those weren't thoughts that I would have myself, like if I wouldn't actually go, oh, I should, I should turn this into a poetry book 
and my initial reaction is, oh, no, thank you, then I know that that thought isn't actually from me. It's from God. So that's when you lean into the process of, okay, well, if he's asking me to do this, then there must be a reason for it. You know what I mean? And going through that journey of, you know, surrendering those emotions to him, not letting those emotions control you and actually then um, leaning into that process. Then I started to get excited. Then I could see the vision that he had for the book and, and could see how it had impacted people. But it wasn't until I actually surrendered my feelings and, and said yes to him that that then started to come later. Um, so, yeah, definitely. There's, that's just one example of a time when that's happened. Um, and I'm sure everyone grows through that. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how deep your faith is in God. We will always um, struggle with self-doubt. We will always struggle with questioning, am I actually good enough for this vision? You know, Gilead struggled with that in the Bible as well. He's like, why are you picking me? Like, I'm just, you know, a useless guy. Like, I'm not even strong. I'm not, I'm nothing. You know, why are you picking me? So, like it's okay to have those thoughts as long as you don't let those thoughts stand in the way for you actually being obedient to God and what he wants you to do. I think you give a fantastic example of Gilead, yeah, about uh, struggling with emotions. I always think about Moses where he's like, oh, I don't know how to speak and you're sending me to the king. Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, something I really uh, was touched with some a sentence you said that, you know, surrender your emotions, right? I mean, uh, if if I didn't know how to do that, uh, do you, could you just put it simply to tell me what should I do to surrender my emotions? Mm, yeah, it's challenging. We are emotional creatures. And I think don't feel bad about the fact that we have emotions. God has emotions. We can see that throughout the Bible that God and Jesus both have emotions. But it's about not letting those emotions control us. So I think if you start to notice that, you know, you're becoming doubtful or really anxious to the point that it's um, preventing you from doing what you need to be doing, then those are times that we need to be um, trying to uh, target those thoughts and being like, where is this thought coming from? Is this thought coming from God or is it coming from somewhere else? You know, what's led me to think these thoughts? Is this thought actually based in truth? And, and trying to, I guess, diminish the power that thought has on your mind um, and there's so many like strategies out there, like if you research psychology, you know, on, on how to do that, there's so many ways out there. But I think if you come back to the, the key that God has created me the way I am, God loves me the way I am, there's value in who I am as a person, uh, that can really help defeat all those thoughts of I'm not good enough or I'm not enough of this or, you know, I, I can't do that, I'm not good at that, you know. Because if God's asking you to do that, then he already knows you're going to succeed or he already knows that that's something that you need to walk through. And so those feelings you have about yourself aren't based in truth. Um, and that that really helps me every time I feel yeah, anxious or worried or upset about something. Like it's okay to have these emotions. Don't beat yourself up about having them. But then take a step back and say, are these uh, emotions actually founded in anything? You know, and if they if they are founded in something, well, then how can I take that thing to God and and help process that with Him? You know, like if someone's hurt you, and now you're processing with all that grief and all that pain, yes, your emotions are founded in something. So let's take that to God and then say, okay, well, what does God say about me? And how does that compare to what this person said about me? And then try and try and process that with Him and and heal those emotions with Him. You know? Yeah, I think. Uh... 
yeah, it is about what God says instead of what people say. I think that's what uh, one of your episodes uh, in identity identity spoke about. I think I was really, really flipped with after listening to that episode. I've heard mm. a lot of episodes. I mean, a lot of audio books and, you know, read a lot of books about identity because I feel, um, I, especially as a girl in India, identity is a huge topic that, a lot of us struggle with since childhood because there's so much spoken over us and so much we start believing uh, and labeling ourselves, right? Um, yeah, well, I really, really loved when you were talking about the introvert, extrovert, because I remember calling myself an introvert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I made that episode because I was seeing so many girls. And, and guys as well put themselves into like a box so like taking that introvert extrovert like they would put themselves in this box saying oh no I could I could never be a, a, a preacher on stage because I'm too introverted I could never say hello to that new person in church because I'm too introverted and I think I was noticing that they were almost viewing that label as a bigger part of their identity than the fact that they were a child of God, you know? Like, are you identifying first as an introvert or are you identifying first as a child of God? And I just really felt like they were identifying first as I'm an introvert and then because I'm an introvert, I could never do this as a child of God. And it, it just, yeah, it was it was heartbreaking to see because there were so many beautiful people who were limiting themselves and limiting the way that God could work through their lives because they were keeping themselves in boxes or they were believing things that other people had told them um, you know you're not good enough you're not perfect enough and so because they had that self-limiting belief they would never put themselves out there and give things a go because they were so afraid of failing so like it just it just kind of again all clicked into place of you know, we, we need to be placing our identity in God as our first and foremost part of our identity, like um, above race, above skin color, above, uh, you know, what birth order you are in your family, like above anything, you are first and foremost a child of God. And then all these other things come under that, you know, they should never be placed above that because then you're limiting how God can work in your life, you know? Right. Yes. I loved what you said that, you know, are you an introvert first or a child of God first? Wow. Yeah. Priority. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. And that's, I mean, I just want to talk about that a little more, if you don't mind. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because a lot, a lot of times you, you meet people and uh, you, you, you are asked to talk about yourself. What are you like, you know, yes, of course, you are a child of God first. Like I know so many of uh, of my of you know people who would not do things because they thought you know uh, you know I'm not a good painter or I'm not I'm not good at uh, writing and uh, that's why they stop. But I can see that God has something for them in that specific area. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the women in my family uh, are teachers. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I used to always tell my mom that I'm never going to be a teacher. I'm going to be something different. Okay. Yeah. And I used to run away from being a teacher, but God is so good. He's, I just analyzed my life and I'm a teacher <laughs> indirectly. <laughs> I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Again. So like, yeah, you were trying to place 
this is not part of who I am and you're trying to do everything you can to avoid it even though hey what if that's the plan that God had for your life was to be like you said a teacher to young women but because you had such negative thoughts about that imagine if you'd never pursued anything that looked like that you know and how that could have impacted you outworking the gifts that God's placed on our life like I genuinely believe everyone has unique gifts in their life that enable them to uniquely impact people around them in a way that no one else can and you know our personality our gifts the way our brain works the way we analyze things all of that comes together to form a unique way that we can impact the world and if you try and you know shut down parts of that or you like um, hold up other parts as like the key part of you to the to the detriment of everything else then you're skewing the balance that God's created you with, you know, like he didn't make any mistakes when he made you. So why are we trying to alter who we are, you know, to try and fit into the way that we think we should be? Are we, are we trusting ourselves more than we're trusting God and how we can do his work for him and, and share his love in the world? Like, you know what I mean? Are we, are we saying, oh, don't worry, God, I've got this. You know, this is, this is the type of person I need to be. Why do we think that we know more than God when, he obviously knows the best way for us to be us and impact people around us in a genuine way, you know? There are many girls who are struggling with their identity and they end up not using their gifts because they just can't fight over it. I want you to directly speak to the people who are listening and just share your heart out if you'd like. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I can understand why you feel this way, guys girls guys whatever sorry we say guys in Australia I'll correct that (laughs) um I want to speak directly to you girls because I can understand why you might feel that way I can understand how when the world uh, and society and your culture and your family is telling you that you should be and you should look a certain way how difficult it is to be something that's not that something that is different to that And I just want to encourage you that don't be ashamed of those other parts of yourself. You know, God didn't make a mistake when he put those passions and those uh, desires and those dreams on your heart. And he didn't make a mistake when he gave you those unique gifts and those talents. Um, And just because other people can't see the value in that doesn't mean that they aren't valuable, you know, Uh, like our value is not dependent upon what other people think of us. We still are inherently valuable regardless of how other people view us, you know, because we are valued in the eyes of our father and we are valued as a a creation, a creation of God as his, as his daughter. And so I just want to encourage you to, to spend some time building your courage to actually start outworking those gifts in your life, even if it's starting in a small way. And like I talked about before with, with my with my book, don't let those emotions uh, rule you and stand in the way of you accomplishing your dreams. You know, even if you're afraid, even if you're doubtful, if you still have a dream despite that, then trust that that dream's from God because, you know, it's if it's not something you would pick for yourself, then it's not coming from you. So trust that lean into that process get some good friends around you who will encourage you and have 
um, encourage that dream and that vision on your life that they can see the the vision on your life as well and get them around you, get them to speak into your life and pray over you to help you be bold enough to take those steps because, you know, I'm sure if I was there, I would be believing in you. Cheryl's believing in you, you know, so there's there's many people around you already believing in you. and we need more. We need more courageous women. We need more bold women. We don't need women that will put themselves in a corner in a box. Um, there's so many women in the Bible that were bold and cor- courageous and had a uh, an impact on the building of the church. And as well as in the Old Testament, we've got so many amazing women who were key figures in the Old Testament as well. So God values women. We know that he values women. Jesus had women around him in his his small circle of followers. So he values women and he values what we can bring to the world. And don't let people tell you that women are, you know, meant to just stay at home and look after the family. That's not what God's vision is for the entirety of who you are. It's a, it's I'm not saying that it's bad if you are someone who is staying at home looking after your family, but don't let that be your whole identity. You know, there's so much more to you outside of that. You are still a person outside of your role as a mother or a wife. You know, you are still a child of God outside of both of those roles. Um, So don't let it become all consuming and don't let that stop you from accomplishing your dreams and your visions that God has given you. Wow. Wow. Really blessed with that. Thank you so much, Emma. Uh, like important things you've shared uh, especially the one that you just finished with about you know a lot of times women have been told uh, that you you cannot be in a leading position uh, but uh, like you said so many women in the bible who have been judges you know my spiritual father uh, pastor Derek D'Souza once told me hey uh, you know who the biggest evangelist was in the bible it was a woman the samaritan women and yes. yeah yeah and that just that just made me realize yeah women are no less we are all equals yeah and uh, it's and yeah so important uh, where you're not just you're not just a wife or a mother you are God's creation and uh, there's such a big ministry for each one of us. So many yeah. people for each one of us to bless. Yeah, that's fine. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. When God created Adam and Eve, the word that he used was, um, I'll make you an easer. And an easer means equal opposite. So we are equal with our male counterparts and we're opposite and that's okay it's okay that we're opposite and we're different because we both bring different perspectives to the same situation and that's why god created men and women this way that we could complement each other and still be equals you know like we were made from the side of adam we weren't made from you know his head or his the lower part of his body we were we were made from his side we're equals um and god deliberately picked that word to say equal opposite you know so i really genuinely believe that yeah men and women have equally important roles in the ministry of god um and i know that there are certain denominations of churches that you know don't encourage women to preach or don't encourage women to teach um and, uh, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. I don't really have an answer for how we can kind of resolve that issue. Um, but I, I don't want that to discount you from pursuing that dream or that vision on your heart if you have one, you know. And that's something I've always wrestled with, wrestled with is that 
if we say that women aren't allowed to preach or women aren't allowed to teach them, then what do we do with all these women who have great visions from God to be yeah. preaching and teaching? Are we saying that they're not hearing from God? And then, and then what do we count more? Do we count God more? Or do we count men more? You know what I mean? So um, that's something that I'm still walking through and I, I'm still processing. Um, but like, yeah, we can be teachers in many different ways. We can be um, speaking into people's lives in many different ways. And if that's something that's really on your heart is to be sharing the gospel and speaking into people's lives, then I would really encourage you to, to just get out and start doing it, you know. Um, we see that such bold faith in the New Testament from people who were literally put in jail for sharing the gospel. And I know I struggle with even telling a stranger on the street about the gospel and I will not be put into jail. They'll probably just look at me funny and walk away. That would be the worst thing that would happen. And the best thing that would happen would be that they have a salvation, you know, and yet we're so afraid of sharing our faith. And yet we see this, this such bold courage from the people um, in the new Testament who were literally willing to give up their lives to share the gospel with people. And that really always encourages me of why am I letting that doubt and that fear of what someone will think stand in the way of me doing what God wants me to do and what he's asked us to do. He said, go and make disciples. That's what he wants us to do. That's the, it's the great commission before he returns, you know, and here we are sitting, having a whinge that we're too afraid because someone might look at us funny or, you know, like it's just so, yeah, I, it's something that I, I really wish that we didn't struggle with but we do and it's again it's just pushing through that putting down that doubt and just saying you know I got I'm I'm going to share it with whoever like I can and if they don't reject like if they reject me that's fine they're rejecting you know something that could save their life and then and I'll pray for that for them but yeah I don't know what's your thoughts on that yeah true I feel that too uh, honestly even I have struggled with sharing the gospel uh, I think um, there are there are so many ways now that you can share the gospel. It's just not, you know, uh, the older way used to be. You know, you're going out of the roads and you know talking to strangers and giving them uh, uh, a leaflet of track and you know. Mm. But now with technology, you're on you're on IG and you're on Facebook, and you know you have your Twitter accounts. There's so many creative ways that uh, that is open to you to share the gospel and how many of us are really using our accounts to uh, speak truth over people's life. And that's, that's something that I personally struggle with. And I would always think, like you said, right, what will, what will people think about me? Oh, the, my friends now are going to call me again. Um, mm. You know, I, I struggle from having hundred friends who liked me uh, to now I have friends who only call me because they need some press. And I just love that. Mm. Yeah, uh, from from having friends who wanted to go out partying or, you know, just hang out. They only call me when they are in trouble. And I and God has just set me free from, you know, that that. Oh, wow. You know what? When they are in trouble or when they're sad, you remind them of me that I can help them. Wow. And that that just that just blessed me so much. And I just love that. And I just encourage so many girls to not hang on to friends or fellowship with people just because you feel you're going to be left alone. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I have really, uh, I'm so blessed uh, by God, uh, who's placed wonderful Christian women in my life, 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the fellowship, the strong fellowship they have, uh, and they guide me sometimes. And you know, when I fall or when I'm struggling, they help me, and I can go to them and be open. That's so amazing. And mm-hmm. you know, if even if you don't have anyone, you have Jesus, and that's yeah. like the best, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we're not in a jail like being in chains for sharing the gospel and that does happen in some countries really sadly around the world like I know that uh, in China for example Christianity is underground you're not allowed to be openly a Christian and I really feel for anyone who's in a country like that um, I think we're very blessed to be in countries where we can talk so openly about God and yet then we're I think we almost then take it for granted. And so then we we get that fear and that doubt in. Whereas when you're in a situation where you realize the value of, of that faith and sharing that faith, I think, yeah, you don't take it for granted anymore. And you actually realize the weight it can carry. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think that's, that's the first thing God is calling you to do. Uh, you can be creative at uh, on your podcast, but the first thing is to uh, set people free by sharing the truth, the gospel. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the and it should be a part of our daily lives. I think, yeah, in yeah. whatever we do, a lot of people um, I know they they come back and say, "Hey, you know what? But I don't know what. Where do I go? Who do I share it with?" And I don't have a platform. That's something that uh, you know they <laughs> struggle with. Uh, they always say, you know, I don't have a platform. I don't know anyone who, who I can share with. I feel that where God has placed you is your platform. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think God places us in certain places for a reason. Um, and yes, we do have some people that, you know, are called to move around and impact different cities. And that's, that's completely fine as well. But people, it's, it's funny, it's that analogy of the, you know, the really Christian thing is to go on an overseas missions trip. Hey, what about all the people in your own, you know, city that need to hear about Jesus? You know, you have been placed in a position um, to really impact th- that city. You know, you're living there, you're breathing it, you know, you know the people. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like where, where you are, you, where you go day to day, your job, your workplace, your church, that is your platform to represent the light of God, your family, you know, you can represent the light of God within your family. And I know being in India, a lot of people would not be Christian, you know, that's not the main religion a lot of people's family would have. And so you can really show them the light of God and the impact that being a Christian can actually, how that transforms you compared to a religion where it's very idol based and, and, the gods don't really do anything for you. It's a lot of, you know, punishment and condemnation and um, really flipping that on its head to a religion where your God actually loves you and cares about you and wants a relationship with you, you know, doesn't just want you to sacrifice to them or give offerings to them and then walk away, but actually wants a daily relationship with you, you know, like that's, it's, it's a complete transformation and a flip on its head from other religions. Um, so, yeah, like I think where you are, never underestimate the impact that you can make in other people's lives. Um, I'm, I'm from a family where my family is not Christian, you know, and it's, it's amazing how just surrendering that to God, I used to get really frustrated at the fact that they wouldn't understand anything I was talking about, like, and I couldn't speak to them about Christian things and I couldn't, you know, 
ask them to pray for me or, you know, whatever. And I used to get really frustrated about that. And then I realized, you know what, like, instead of expecting them to do stuff for me, I should be really taking this opportunity to, to show them love and to be there for them and to just completely have grace and forgiveness towards everything that they do, you know, and it's really then switched our relationship to grow much deeper since that point, because now they know that I will always love them and I'll always accept them and I'll never say a bad thing about them, to, you know, and they feel safe to be themselves and they feel safe to open up and be vulnerable with me now because I'm showing that love to them, you know? So yeah, never, never underestimate the impact that a bright smiling face and a, a beautiful heart filled soul can make to an environment. Amen. Amen to that. Yes. Family is the first that's going to see the change. I feel uh, because they see everything they see, they see through it. Right. So uh, it's sometimes I feel it's easy to preach to an outsider than to your family. Uh, it's, it's not always about the words. It's about, like you said, love and mm-hmm. forgiveness. So important. I mean, that will heal so much in your family, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't talk to them really about God, but I still know that everything I do is representing God to them. And when it does come up in, in conversation, I'm always so excited and I'll, you know, just say a little bit and then the conversation will switch because they don't like to really talk about it. But I just always am so happy about those small opportunities. And the only reason that those opportunities come up is because I, I guess, am open about, oh, I'm going to church, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm not ashamed of the fact I am a Christian. You know, I think um, Paul says, I think it's Paul, he says something about like being be bold, like in your faith um you know be bold of the fact that you are a christian um don't be ashamed of it don't hide it away uh, own it and people will accept you or, or be questioning about that or you know you know they, they will respond how they will respond and that's not on you um i think i've come to a place of understanding that when people reject you talking about god they're not actually rejecting you they're rejecting god Um, but God can handle it, you know, God, God can handle that rejection. And so we don't need to feel uh, that the pain of that for ourselves. It's nothing that we've done. It's actually them rejecting God, which is even more sad. I think the fact that they don't even want to entertain the idea or ask more questions. Um, But then I remember being like that too, when it just seems so out of this world, like how can that be possible you kind of don't even want to start thinking about that. You know, you don't want to get your hopes up. You don't want to consider that that could be real because then that opens the door of so many other questions. So it's easy to just shut it down and say, oh, it can't be real, you know. Um, So, again, don't take that to heart. People, when they're ready, will come to God because, you know, it took me 25 years to be ready to come to God, you know. So it will happen in God's time. God knows everyone's plan of salvation um, and if you can be a piece of that puzzle and a piece of that journey with them, then that's great. Um, don't expect everyone you talk to to become saved instantaneously, but you never know the seeds that you've planted in their life just from saying one positive thing to them, you know, and that that can then fester in their spirit for a few years until they're ready to kind of walk that out. And we're so glad God saved you and introduce you to us <laughs> oh thank you i'm glad that god saved you like i think that's a miracle in itself like coming from 
a, a culture where it is hyper spiritual, but but you know, lots of idol worship and lots of other religions are very uh, dominant. And it must have been so hard to kind of walk away from that and choose another religion, knowing that you would get lots of question and a lot of doubt. Um, so I really feel for all of all of the girls listening to this in India um, or from other countries where yeah, Buddhism or something is, is the predominant religion because it is really difficult to go against the grain and say, I actually don't believe what 90% of the population is telling me to believe, you know? Absolutely. It is quite challenging. I know a lot of girls and guys who are the only ones in their family who are saved and they go through a lot because, you know, you have daily rituals at home, right? And uh, you got to just say no. And uh, from being rebellious to say, uh, saying no lovingly is what, uh, what you need to move to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a da- it used to be a daily struggle for me where I sometimes would not be able to explain why I would not, do, no, would not want to do something and not hurt the person. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're not against uh, the person and the person is not wrong. Just uh, the theology or the belief is something that we don't agree to. And that's so yeah. important uh, when you're dealing with your family, especially when you're the only one in the family who believes in God, that you are not hurting them and you're not disrespecting them while you're saying, hey, you know what? I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a big struggle. I just want to say that. Uh, but hang in there, uh, like what has happened to me. God has been so good. There are a lot of fights that I didn't even have to fight. God fought yeah. those fights for me. I didn't have to say a word. I just had to um, believe and uh, I had to pray and take it to God. And it would just be all sorted out. And there would be no questions asked on why not I would uh, participate in any of the idol worship or uh, I don't know, they call it the puja over here and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And that that almost then comes back to that, what we were saying about how do you see yourself first? Like, do you see yourself first and foremost as I, I need to be amicable with my family and my and I'm a part of my family first or am I a part of God's family first? Because if you're a part of your family first, then, yeah, you will try and keep everyone happy and just go along with whatever it is they're doing, even if you don't agree with it or if it makes you feel uncomfortable. But if you view yourself as a a child of God first, then you can say, I still love you as my family, but this is my core. This is, this is who I am. And this is what I, I do. And I don't agree with, and I do, and I don't want as a part of my life. Um, And that can be really difficult to switch from that shift of like, I'm a, I'm a child of my earthly parents to I'm a child of God, because like you said, you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to let people down, but when you are confident um, and respectful in in having those firm boundaries, you know, so when you have firm boundaries and you're being respectful about having those boundaries, I find that people then show that respect back to you. They may not understand, but if you're doing it in a, in a loving and a respectful way, hey, like, thanks so much for inviting me, but um you know I I just that's something that I've I've decided isn't going to be a part of my life anymore you don't have to explain you don't have to give reasons but you've you've shown respect for you know what they're doing but you're holding your boundaries firm I find that yeah it really helps to create um an easier transition or um helps to keep things more happy rather than 
yeah, lots of lots of attacking each other or you're saying that this is stupid or wrong, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, when uh, people start to say no, they always uh, come back to me saying, but we feel like we are missing out on all the family gatherings at friendly uh, parties. And slowly they feel people stop inviting them and they feel, oh, you know what? I want to like attend those things. So what do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do you want to say to these people? How do I go get through that struggle? Start your own parties. <laughs> invite, invite people over. Like, um, or like, I'm not sure if um, the culture is that at these parties you're doing religious things, but, like, God never said that you can't be friends with non-Christians. Like, it's not that our only bubble should be. But if they're doing things at that that you that make you feel really uncomfortable and then that environment becomes quite, you know, um, bad for you and your, and your walk with God, then you have to hold firm to those boundaries. Um, but there's nothing stopping you from, from doing it the opposite way where you are controlling the environment and you're creating a really positive atmosphere for these people to come into and you can host them in, in a godly way, you know. Um, I think that's that's the beauty of kind of, yeah, being confident in who you are is that you you can even go into environments where other people are doing things and you can stay firm and say, no, I'm not going to participate in that, you know. But we do have to be careful that we don't get sucked in or that it doesn't leave a negative kind of like heaviness to our spirit. Like I'm just thinking if you were to go into an environment where let's say everyone's using lots of drugs and everyone's doing lots of uh, like sexual things, like you would feel really yuck after going there. So, you know, having that, knowledge about well I will say no to that but I'm okay for going to a family lunch where they might be doing some you know prayers or some worship but and I just won't participate in those but I can still go to participate in the lunch so I think it's just being careful about what you say yes to Um, Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners you know so but again he was firm in what he would and would not participate in and then he invited them to to the places that he was staying so that they could receive the hospitality he wanted to show them you know absolutely and i think it all boils down to how confident you are in your identity in christ yeah Yeah. um you can only be uh self-assured you can only be calm and you know where you stand and what you should and should not be doing if you know what god speaks about you right Uh, otherwise you're going to get carried away uh, back to you back to square one Yeah. yeah that's so important uh, so what, so you know what, we spoke so much about identity and uh, prayer and worship. If you had to just, I don't know, say it in a few points. Um, and if I had a question like, hey, you know what, Emma, uh, I, I, I love God, um, but I don't know what is my identity in God. What do I do? How do I search that? Yeah, I think we overcomplicate it. Your identity is that you're a child of God. And you don't need to change who you are to be a child of God. You're already a child of God. Um, But what you can do is start to take off these layers of things that people have spoken over you, saying that you're not good enough or you're not beautiful or you're not worthy or you're not special. These, These layers of toxic thoughts and words are not what God says about you. If you go to read your Bible, read what God says about his children and how much he loves them, 
that's who you are and everything else then you can identify as this is not what God says about me. This is what the world is saying about me and and choosing to take off those layers. And that's where the journey with God comes in because it's hard to take off those layers. It's Some of them come off really quickly. Some of them take years to come off, you know. I'm, I, I've still got layers I'm working on, you know. People who've been pastors for 20 years, that's right. They're not, it's not an instantaneous change for everything. Some things are instant, but some things are not. And um, that's just because the root of those lies has gone so deep into into how we view ourselves that it's really hard to separate and and detach from us. So if you're confused about who you are, if you if you say you know I don't have a purpose, God, what what's my purpose? What's my vision? What's my dream? Just come back to first and foremost, I'm a child of God, and the way that He's created me and my personality and the things I'm passionate about doing that's how he will outwork in my life. If I'm passionate about kids, if I'm passionate about being creative, if I'm passionate about, you know, doing admin tasks, whatever it is, that is your gift. You can work in that area and impact people around you by being a Christian and being a child of God in those areas, you know. We overcomplicate it. Where's my big shiny vision? Where's my prophecy? What did God say? Go and make disciples. There's your vision. Like, go and make disciples. You know, be confident in who you are. That's how you're going to get people to relate to you by being authentic, not trying to pretend to be someone that you're not. Amen. Amen. That's fantastic. I think uh, you're so right. Uh, Be confident of who you are. Be authentic. That's so. That's that's so important in today today's life, especially where everyone just wants to put a real world onto Instagram and Facebook and they don't want to put the real world out there. Uh, I love people who are real. It just shows me, oh, I'm not the only one who's going through something. That's it. That's it. And people then um, relate to that. Like how hard is it to relate to someone who's so perfect all the time? You You don't learn anything from them. You learn from people who've gone through things and have come out the other side with with a story to tell and a lesson that they can then teach us, you know? And so don't be afraid of your testimony. Don't be afraid of the struggles that you faced because those struggles, other people have gone through them as well. And the lessons you've learned through those things can help to encourage other people who are going through those things, or they've, they've come out, but they have, they don't know how to process what's happened to them. You know, they've had something horrible happen to them and they're really struggling now with, does God actually love me? Why would he let me go through that? If you've been through a similar situation and you've struggled with those same thoughts as well, like share that with them. That is really powerful. Our testimonies and what we've gone through, I genuinely believe God uses all things for good. He will find a way to use that to impact people around you. So never be afraid of the person you used to be before becoming a Christian. Never be afraid of the things you've gone through. Um, because everything has its its purpose in your life to help shape you into the unique person that you are. Thank you so much for joining us, Emma. We're so blessed by what you have shared with us today. And we're going to continue our conversation with Emma in the next episode where she shares how her poems to God in her quiet time became a book that is now an encouragement to people all around the world. So see you next time. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode. 
If you find this inspiring and think someone needs to hear this today, do share this episode link with them. For sharing is caring. And don't forget to visit our website soargirls.com and check out our weekly blogs, free resources and other exciting digital content.